The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, met fellow adventurers, I've decided to village to visit the town of Dragonwath because it has a cool name, Dragonwath. And here's the description at the entrance to the town. Perched on a spot of high, rocky ground at the edge of the forest on the southeast northeast corner of Barrow Lock, Dragonwath. It's a thriving step settlement with a particularly sordid past. An ancient silver mine, long a source of the town's enviable prosperity, is famous throughout the realms for its seemingly endless supply of the precious ore. Despite its favourable reputation, there are those who contend that a seedy and dangerous element is at work in Dragonwrath. Dragonwrath. Some have suggested the town's protector, Lorek Thombeck, is at the heart of a well-concealed underbelly. Right, there's a lot of lobbing. A lot of lore book links here, starting with Dragonwath. Perched on the top on a spot of high rocky ground, the edge of the forest, on the northeastern shoulder of Barrow Lock, Dragonwrath is a thriving settlement with a particularly soiled past. Dragonwrath was built just to the south of the remains of Hopestone, a city destroyed over a thousand years ago by the malevolent dragon Cloud Lurker. The attack on, on Hopestone lasted for three days, claimed the lives of nearly half the city's populace, and raised every structure within its walls. For over 500 years, the wounds of Hopestone and a wide swath of land surrounding the Wenements lay abandoned. When a silver mine was discovered near the wounds, its valuable bounty led to the founding of a new settlement to the south of the shattered city. The new town, which came to be called Dragonwath, was named after the infamous attack that destroyed the silver mine. Blackgate Mine, an ancient silver mine, long the source of Dragonwath's prosperity, is famous throughout the realms for its seemingly endless supply of the precious ore. Much of Dragonwath has, over the last two generations, come under the tight control of the Thrombeck family. While most of the town's citizenry seem content to allow the Thrombecks to drug govern Dragonwrath, 
a growing number of folk have begun to outwardly resent the power wielded by the Thrombrecks. Thrombrecks, or however it's said. The current protector of Dragonwrath, Lurik Thrombrek, also known as Elder Thrombrek, is the great-grandson of, of Brogmarth. Some have suggested Lorik is at the heart of a well-concealed underbelly that thrives out of sight in Dragonwrath. Okay, now, Sword Past. That also links to Dragonwrath. Okay. Okay, what does it say about Hopestone? Hopestone. Once a flourishing walled city on the northeast shore of Barrowlock, Hopestone was destroyed over a thousand years ago in attack by the great dragon Cloud Lurker. Before its sudden and untimely demise, Hopestone was a bastion of learning and magic, a haven for scholars who sought to unravel the complex mysteries of a dangerous and ever-changing world. One of the first and largest grey circle compounds dominated the centre of the city. It is said that on that on the day of the Cloud Lurker's attack, only the city's archmage, a sorcerer of the Grey Circle, named Guadorn, dared to challenge the savage might of the Great Dragon. Guadorn, as legend has it, repelled Cloud Lurker's attack for nearly an hour, before ultimately succumbing to the dragon's fiery wrath. After three days, Cloud Lurker's incessant attack succeeded in raising every structure within the city's ward, walls, and h- half the populace of Hope's Oon was neither dead or missing. For over 500 years, the wounds of Hopestone and a wide swath of lands surrounding the Renaments lay abandoned. When a silver mine was discovered near the ruins, its valuable bounty led to the founding of a new settlement to the south of the shattered city. The new town, which came to be called Dragonwrath, was named after the infamous attack that destroyed Hopestone. Okay, there's also a link to Cloud Lurker. The ancient dust dragon, known as Cloud Lurker, Lurker, once terrorised nearly the entirety of the North Broadlands. The great dragon lord, who is said to have been half again as large as the largest of his kin, would soar across the sky, seeking to raise and plunder the strongholds of humankind, which he is said to have considered a blight upon the world. While circling high above the intended target of his fearsome wrath, Cloud Lurker would drop an ancient enchanted warhammer, so signifying to those below his intent to attack. This hammer, known to have been acquired by Tallies, because of course it was, has come to be known as Cloud Lurker's Harbringer. And it seems to be spelt wrong there, but yeah. The dropping of the Great Hammer would sometimes occur days or even weeks before the actual attack took place. After the target was destroyed, they were always destroyed. 
Cloud Lurker would retrieve the hammer. Cloud Worker finally met his map, met his end at the talons of one of his savage brothers. A dust dragon whose size and ferocity is said to have rivaled that of his more infamous sibling. It was Cloud Lurker himself who destroyed the city of Hopestone, now the site of the Tyson mining town Dragonwath. Okay, and there's a link for Grey Circle, but that's we've probably read that before at some time. Okay. Silver Mine. Blackgate Mine. Blackgate Mine is an ancient and highly profitable silver mine, located on the outskirts of the town of Dragonwath. The mine is owned and operated by the Thrumbroke family. In recent years, the mine has been plagued with, tru- with trouble, ranging from deadly collapses to deadly infestations of horrible creatures. Despite these troubles, the silver still flows out of Black Lake Mine as reliably as ever, making Dragonwath among the most populous settlements in the entire kingdom. Recently, Miners working the darkest depths of the great mine reported seeing strange lights in several of the lowest tunnels. Well, maybe that's something we'll have to fix. Alright, Protector. Well, okay, Protectors, they just. Alright, Lorik Frombrek, he has a link. Lorik Frombrek, the great grandson of Brogmar Frombrek is the current protector of Dragonweth. Dragonweth, not what if I just said. And popular with much of the town's populace and some of his own family, due to what is perceived to be a cold persona, the middle-aged Lorik, that manages to maintain a firm grip on power and influence he wields as both Dragonweth's protector and overseer of Blackgate Mine. Some have even suggested Lorik is the heart of a well-concealed underbelly that thrives out of sight in Dragonwath. And there's a link for the Thrombrokes in general. The Thrombrokes of Dragonwath. For the better part of three generations, some would argue even longer than that. The Thrombroke family has held sway in the town of Dragonwath. As history has it, it was nearly a century ago that Brogmar Thrumbroke arrived in Dragonwrath and subsequently purchased Blackgate Mine from its owner. Brogmarth, with his wife and five children, settled in and the family quickly rose to power and prominence. Brogmarth, a large and swaggering man with a volatile temper, assumed full control of the flow of silver leaving the mine. Abolishing Dragonwrath's mine council, the body had been in place for nearly 50 years, as he further consolidated his growing power and influence. In an act that finalised the authority of the Thumbrelks, Brogmarth was selected, though many dispute the notion was any other option, as protector of Dragonwrath. Immediately, Upon adopting his new title, he disbanded the town's militia and replaced it with a legion of mercenaries. These skill warriors, 
many of whom had been soldiers during the Great Goblin Wars on Tysa's eastern flank, would defend not only Dragonwrath, but also the mine and the silver caravans that left the town, clad in a mix of chain and leather, over which, which they they wore black tunics bearing the ancient family crest of the Frumbrokes, a bear's head crowned by the ways of the setting sun. The townsfolk, many of whom disliked Bogmarth's creative ways, came to call the mercenaries Brogmen, a mercenary still in use today. The current protector of Dragonwrath, Lorak Frumbroke, also known as Elder Thunbroke, is the great-grandson of Bogmarth. Some have suggested Lorak is at the heart of the town's well-concealed underbelly, Thrives out of sight in Dragonwrath, and there's a link for Brogmen. Brogmen, a moniker given to members of the mercenary force that has guarded Dragonwrath and its silver mine for nearly the last century. These skilled warriors, many of whom had been soldiers during the Great Goblin Wars on Tysa's eastern flank, flank, were summoned by Brogmarth from Frumbrook once he had been declared Dragonwrath's protector. To replace the town militia he so abruptly disbanded, clad in a mix of chain and leather, over which they wore black tunics bearing the ancient family crest of the Thrombrokes, a bear's head crowned by the waves of the setting sun. The townsfolk, many of whom disliked Brogmar's authoritative ways, came to call the mercenaries Brogmen, a mercenary still in use to this day. The Brogmen, still under the direct authority of Dragonwrath's protector, currently Lorik, from Brok, seek out, recruit, and train new members from their ranks from places both near and far. While some of Dragonwrath's populace feels that the tactics employed by the Brogmen are somewhat heavy-handed, there are just as many who enjoy and appreciate the safety and peace of mind their presence has brought to the remote mining town. Alright, oh, and I think... Alright, that's enough. Enough. I think that's all the lore book entries that are specifically about this place. I mean, there might be some more, but let's just carry on. Let's start exploring this town. Visit the Hopestone Inn. Only a small number of people, mostly townsfolk and the odd traveller or two, are ever found in the common room of the Hopestone Inn. A cheery establishment run by a renowned, grey-haired man named Wenweb. Ever since Lorik Thumbeck banished Dale and spirits from Dragonweth, boo, boo, even though I don't drink that much, boo, the once bustling host hostel has seen its patronage swift, steeply and swiftly decline. The inn still serves a daily meal, for the food is now accompanied by a steaming mug of paleo, rather than a frothing tankard of ale. What is today's meal? After speaking with the innkeeper Wenwald, you learn that today's meal is seared pheasant. Wenwald as if having detected some hint of dismay in your demeanour, quickly begins to embellish his description of the fair. 
There'll be something green to go with it, he adds. I usually have a bit of cheese and bread to slap down on the side too, don't worry. No one's ever complained about what we cook up here. A good bit of pheasant is something that will keep you on your feet. Well, might as well try it. Cost two gold. The seared pheasant proves every bit as delicious as when now promised. However, despite his description of the greens, cheese, cheese and bread that would accompany the meal, only a loaf half-cooked serving of potatoes arrives with the heat plate. As he sets down a steaming mug of paleo before you, the main keeper smiles and nods. Uh, real like that will make a man out of you, he says. Not, not, not literally, of course. I hope you'll excuse the saying. It's just that it's a favourite of mine. With that, he hushes away to enter the knees of another hungry patron, leaving you to finish your meal in peace. And no, I do not transform back into a human. <laughs> Purchase a mug of paleo. That's one gold. Seems a bit steep for just a drop of paleo, doesn't it? Says the innkeeper when wed, as he places a steaming mug of the popular, flavourful drink in front of you. Don't worry, though. You can have as much of it as you like for that bit. Till the pop one's out, that is. You thank Wenwold, and he nods in response, before turning and moving off to tend to another matter. Well, hmm, I mean, if that is a bit steep for paleo, that does imply that there are lower... There are lower denomination coins that we just don't care about. Because that is usually how things work in... I'm assuming Tysa has similar ratios of, of the availability of gold, copper and silver. Which have become the things you, you make coins out of because they're... Well, for, well because well, they're not that toxic. <laughs> and they're shiny. <laughs> and they're rare. Well, fairly rare. Copper's not that way. Anyway, they, for reasons that I'm not really sure of, gold, silver and copper have become the currencies that people make coins of. And there's about a, I don't know, 1 to 20 ratio of value between gold and silver. 1 to 12 between silver and copper or something like that. It probably varies a bit. Especially after, say, Mansa Musa has a visit. <laughs> With his throwing gold around all over the place. But anyhow, yeah. Because, I mean, you, in, most, in most societies on, on Earth that had coins, you've had, gold co you've had gold coins, you've had silver coins, and you've had copper coins. Although, admittedly, some of those copper coins pretended to be silver coins. Especially in the late Roman Empire, where they just they just had to keep making more and more and more coins to pay for the army. And, well, they started to run out of silver, so they got 
I got a cunning plan. We'll dilute the silver with copper. And it's like free money. Free money. Right. I mean, we can't, aren't we? I mean, who's going to argue? Oh, anyway, it, it got out of hand eventually. Especially towards the latter period where they kept having to make new currencies every 20 years or so because they just made so much of them that that, that they made a new currency, they made way too much of it because they didn't really have a choice. You've got to pay the army. And that became hyperinflated, so they had to make another currency. Yeah, so anyway. So I'm, pro I'm pretty sure that below the gold tokens, there is probably at least one, probably several, several different silver coins below that and a copper coin below that. You know, for more regular purchases. Because, well, you, you, because it's kind of awkward when you don't have the money at the low levels because then you can't buy small things. You know, unless you, like, get out, a, get out some pliers and start snipping the coins into pieces, which admittedly has been done sometimes, but then you're never quite sure... Is it an exact half? And that, then, then you can get all sorts of problems there. So you can't be quite sure it's the genuine thing. It, it's, it's a, it, okay, it's probably a quarter of a gold coin. But what if it's only 24%? I'm being shortchanged. Or, you know, they just cut it a little bit off-centre. You end up the small quarter, or something like that. Yeah, yeah so that's why full coin you can trust it more. Of course, they could just clip around the edges, snippety snippety snip. You know, until they invented the the milling machines or whatever that they have on coins now, which mean they have patterns on the edges of the coins. So if anyone went snippety snippety snip, it would be quite obvious if they went snippety snippety snip. Ah, well, anyway, that's the paleo. Let's speak with Wenwald now. Wenwald, who seems to be perpetually attempting to catch his breath, looks up from some minor ta task as you approach and greets you with a nod and a smile. For several minutes, you converse with the Wathound grey-haired innkeeper on a variety of subjects, but he always seems to steer the conversation back to back to a litany of what he feels are the most pressing problems. I mean, dragon math. The silver that flows out of the mine is what makes this place bearable. I only wish that we who toil saw a greater share of the wealth it brings. But... If I want great wealth, I suppose I'd better find my own silver mine, he says, scowling. Yes, yes, the fruits of their, 
the fruits of the workers' labour should belong to the workers, not to someone whose great-granddad just happened to buy the means of production. In this case, being the mine. And then, you know, you'd said wealth to acquire goods to keep it for him. Yep, yep. Continue conversing. Renwald, who seems perpetually the Brogmen. Oh, yeah, anyway, the first two paragraphs are the same. The Brogmen. I don't have anything to say me about it. Let me say that in a different way. I don't want to be caught saying anything about them. Trust me. If you're here long enough, you'll know what I mean by that, he says, frowning. Continue conversing. If I were a younger man, I might just tell Lorik what I think of him and his policies. Someone needs to set straight the whole lot of thumbbrokes, he says, frowning. Continue conversing. Folk. Folk around here work themselves into early graves as it is. There's no harm in letting them enjoy a little bit of drink. Not right to deny them such a simple pleasure, he says, scowling. Con- continue conversing. Alright, now he's talking about the silver. Working. There's no drink. Lorek. Okay, I think... Okay, I think he's... I think, I think we've heard everything he has to say. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Alright, well, time to leave the inn. Now to go to Thumbrex Merchantile. Owned and operated by the Thumbrex family, Dragonwrap's only merchantile is well provisioned with all manner of goods and, goods and equipment. Umlela Thumbrex, the oldest daughter of Lyrock, dutifully tends the shop. The waving-haired young woman seems pleasant enough, though, whenever she speaks to you, you can sense just a hint of disdain in her soft, wavering voice. She sells weapons and armour. Let's see if there's anything unique there. View the weapons for sale. Alright, it's all generic. 
There's even an uncommon iron staff for 10 gold. Yep. It's all regular generic items. Alright, now let's check the armor. Is there anything unique? Nope, nope, nope. All regular, regular stuff you could loot. If anything, you can get unmatched scale greaves, but it's really only unmatched plate that you ever interested in buying. Yeah, yeah, lot, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, it's all, all just regular mundane stuff. Alright, let's talk with her. Speak with Amaya. While conversing with Amaya, you, you learn, you learn the young woman, whose sharp, sarcastic wit is at times biting, doesn't often speak kindly of the town her, town her family has overseen for the last century. Have they been to Trithic? I'd have to go there some way. It's doubtful I'll have the chance to. Still, can't hurt to think about it now and then. Continue conversing. You're not from here. Not from around here. I can tell that much from your attitude. You haven't yet given up on life, like most of the folk in town. Just tie around Dragonwath for a while, and you might see the sense in giving up. Continue conversing. Have you ever heard of Wakmokara? He passed through the through town a few times. Not recently, though. Now, there's a wheel here. I, um, well, I guess so, sometimes. Continue conversing. Alright, not, not from around here. You ever heard of the Forest Lord? I'm sure you can hear all sorts. All about that over at the Paleo Den. I don't go in there because I can't stand the smell of paleo. Alright, I think that's it. Oh, nope, this one's new. My father's worried about the silver, silver shipments leaving town. One of the wagons was recently attacked. The bandits gave the Brokerman a real fight too. Let's think about doubling the guard for all wagons. Hmm. Maybe I'll, I'll have to help out with that. Continue. The Brockman aren't as bad as most people think. They've got families too. If you're up to no good, they've no. If you're not up to no good, they'll have no reason to bother you. Well, admittedly, she is in with them, so yeah. She would think that. Continue conversing. I don't go near the mine, and neither do my sisters. Father forbid it when we were younger. But even now I choose to stay away from it. If you've heard a few of the tales told by our miners, you'll keep away from it too. Continue conversing. Not terrific. More guards for the wagons. The mine is dangerous. The forest lord. Three more flips just to see. Okay, I think that's everything she has to say. Alright, the smithy. Chogren 
and his wife Ulia operate the Dragon Wrath Smithy. From sunup to sundown, the pair of skilled smiths work the forge that churns, churns out the iron and steel pieces required to work the mine. A handful of workers, their toil directly overseen by a guard of brokemen, work a row of smelters behind the smithy that turn the silver ore from Blackgate Mine into ingot. The smithy also crafts weapon and armour, but these items are sold from Rick's Merchantile, which in turn makes them available to prospective buyers. Okay, let's talk to Tiongrun. Tiongrun, a middle-aged man whose heavy-muscled frame and thick-fingered hands attest to a lifetime of difficult toil, seem exceptionally pleasant. He appears content to allow his work to wait as he speaks with you at length, listening to your tales from the road, and filling you in on some of the more interesting bits of, well, of interesting bits of local news. I and I have talked about leaving town, but where do we go? It's not easy to pick up and set down elsewhere. I've been here most of my life, he says, glancing over his wife. Continue conversing. Don't go poking around where you shouldn't, and the Brogman will leave you alone. That's the best advice I can give you, <coughs> he says, coughing. Continue conversing. Leaving town. I don't make many weapons or pieces of armour anymore. What I do make goes over to the merchantile. I prefer to sell it myself, but there's an arrangement in place, and I'm a man of my word, he says, coughing. Continue conversing with him. Don't go poking around, which, yep, about the Brogman. Not making weapons and armour. Leaving town. I inquire about silver smelting. The smelting of silver ore from Blackgate Mine appears to be a particularly sore subject with Tigran. The bulky smith almost smears when he tells you that he and Aya once smoted smelted the silver themselves, but a couple of years ago the Thumbrex took over the operation. We did the job right, at a fair price, he says. The work was steady, and so everyone is happy. I had three men working for me who did nothing but tend the snow smelters and unload the ore carts. Well, as you can see, things have changed. Tigran tells you the Thornbacks purchased his three smelters and then constructed three more when they took control of the smelting process just over two years ago. They've got their own folk work in the ovens now, he says. Sour expression doing nothing to hide his obvious disdain. And they've got the Brogman watching over them. They're probably watching over us as well. Alright, yeah. Okay, and that's the same thing he says again. Alright, yeah, looks like he's trying to just take control of everything. That lore at Thrombrek. Hmm. Uh, continue conversing. Stop conversing. Speak with Ayo. Ayo, a slight woman whose soot-darkened face is framed by a mane of wa 
wild mane of auburn hair. Momentarily sets aside her work to speak with you. She's in, she seems intent on studying you, as the discussion ranges from the scattered details of some of your adventures to news carried to Dragonpoint, wrath by recent visitors. Tygon and I would like nothing more than to pick up and go somewhere else. Anywhere else. It's not as easy as that, though. Haven't given up hope, though. You might figure something out, she says, shifting her, shifting her stance. Continue conversing. Do you plan on sticking around? Just... If so, just know you're sure to fall under their gaze before too long. I think I know who you mean by there. If not, you'll find out soon enough, she says, wiping her brow. Continue conversing. Alright. Leaving their gaze. Have you been to the Mercantile? They sell the weapons and armour we sell them. I'm sure we could get more sewing those things right here, but that's the deal we struck. In any event, the knees of the mine keep us plenty busy, she says, glancing over at her husband, continue conversing. Their gaze, about the merchantile, leaving, merchantile, leaving, there goes. Right, three more. One, two, three. Okay. That that's everything they have to say. I might have I probably read this out before, but I don't remember it. Leave the Smithy. Okay. Visit the Hot Forest Lord's Paleo Den. Unlike much of the west of Dragon Wrath, a fairly cheery cheery atmosphere abides in the firelit log and stone or longhouse that is the forest lord's paleo den. The establishment's current propertyer, Othred Thumbroke, one of the younger Thumbrokes, recently purchased a paleo den from the widow of his previous owner, Slanar Kett. Alright, there's a link for Forest Lord. Described by those who claim to have seen him as a tall man with green skin, clad in a shoot of leaves with long beard of moss. The Forest Lord is a fixture in the local folklore of Dragonwrath and the surrounding region. By most accounts, the Forest Lord is a benign figure who protects and nurtures the woodlands and their inhabitants. However, several supposed encounters with the Forest Lord over the course of the last century describe a dangerous and powerful being with an intense hatred for humankind. Hmm. Lorik Thumbroke, Dragonwrath's protector, recently reported sighting the Forest Lord while hunting in the woods east of town. Median in Dragonwath, including Lorik's brother Dinuok, remained sceptical of his claim. Hmm. Is he real? Is he not? Maybe we'll find out. Normally, bustling with activity, particularly as the day wanes, the Longhouse serves as a place where much of the town's 
populace routinely congregates. Long wooden benches surround this large rectangular fire pit that dominates the centre of the hall. Alright, time to purchase some paleo. It is a paleo den after all, and that's what you do in a paleo den. You drink paleo. One gold spent. A cheerful young lass arrives at the bench upon which you're perched. She hands you a steamy mug of paleo, bows respectfully and quickly darts off. With your feet stretched out towards the sea of glowing embers that fills the hall's fire pit, you sip at your paleo as your senses endeavour to take in the entirety of the scene unfolding around you. Alright, and it's the, it's the same if you do it again. Seek out Orthweg from Welk. You make several inquiries and discover Orthweg from Welk, the, the paleo dense propertyer, is currently out of town. No one you ask seems to know, or seems willing to discuss, anything about his absence. Hmm. Where are we? I mean, it could be sinister, could just be. Could just be he's doing stuff. Who knows? Who knows? Investigate a small room off the main hall. The small room, just off the Paleo Den's main hall, contains several tables and numerous chairs, most of which are at least somewhat in disrepair. Leave the room. I think. I think. Think you. That probably does something in some other adventure. Leave. Leave. Leave the Paleo Den. Okay. Cinder Hall. we go. Cinder Hall is the name by which Dragon Brass Meeting House is commonly known. The hall is said to be erected upon a patch of earth that still bore the scorch marks left by Cloud Lurker's deadly breath of fire. Cinder Hall has, in recent years, become less of a place of public gathering and more of a headquarters from which... The Thrombrokes oversee the operation of Blackgate Mine and other town affairs. The town's protector, Lorwick Thrombroke, can usually be found somewhere in or around the hall. Seek out Lorwick Thrombroke. You find Lorwick alone in a small, cluttered room at the back of the hall, toiling away at a fixed ledger opened on the table in front of him. The elderly Frombrek looks up and greets you with a curt nog before promptly inquiring about the reason for your visit. You immediately sense that he disapproves of your sudden intrusion. Alright, alright, it's going to take a bit of finesse to get, to get him to give us some tasks. It's going to apply a 50 diplomacy, or he'll just toss us out of our ass. Converse with him. Calling upon your mastery of diplomacy, you deftly introduce yourself as an adventurer and adeptly slip into conversation with Lorik. The elder Thrombroke, Dragonfraff's long-serving protector, seems to quickly warm up to you and begins telling you about several problems facing the town. We've had just a bit of bad luck lately, he says, closing the ledger before him and pushing the weighty volume to the side. I suppose you've heard all about the bandit attacks? Well, if you haven't, you'll hear about it all soon enough. 
The roads are no longer safe. Not as safe as they once were, I should say. Because they've never been entirely safe. Lorik tells you about a series of recent bandit attacks on the silver wagons departing Dragonwrath. When you ask him about the guard provided for the wagons, he sighs and shakes his head. Used to be that a handful of her own, Brogmen, were enough to ensure safe passages. Hmm, he calls them Brogmen too. It hasn't been the case recently. The attacks are well planned and coordinated. It's a bit much for me to believe these bandits are common highwaymen. Lorik explains that the latest attack, which happened just a few days ago, left him with little doubt that something more sinister is behind the slew of attacks. Smoothing down a few strands of dark hair that yet strandle the top of his balding head, Lorik describes for you the scene of, your most, of the most recent attack on the wagons. My brother, Denuik, was among the first to arrive at the spot where the wagons had been ambushed, he says, his tone suddenly grim. He's not without heart, but he's not easily moved. When he came here, back here, he told me what it was he had seen. I was hesitant to believe his account. Not because I didn't trust it, because I didn't want to believe it. Lorik tells you that Dinuik and a handful of Brogmen returned to the scene of the attack. That he, Dinuik, and a handful of Brogmen returned to the scene of the attack. You listen intently as the details details for you the scorched remains of four silver-laden wagons and the charred bodies of six of the caravan's Brogman escort. Hmm. Scorching the wagons? I mean, that doesn't seem like a smart bandit thing to do. Because, I mean, if you can overcome the guards, you're going to steal the wagons. Otherwise, how are you going to move all the silver? I think something's gone wrong. All this isn't about... This isn't about getting the silver. This is about revenge. Or just... Doing... Committing... Doing... Causing suffering. You learn that the four wagon drivers... And five of the guards managed to escape and make it back to Dragonwrath, where the attack was immediately reported to the commander of the Brogmen, Denuik Thumbek. Only very little of the silver was taken, he says, raising an eyebrow. Of course, such a thing leads to a bit of speculation. But I haven't the time for that. I choose... The, the bandits hoped to use the wagons to haul off the silver. Until their fire rendered them useless, that is. Lorik tells you this is not the first time fire was employed against the wagons and their guardians in recent months. There must be a spellcaster among them, he says. That is so. It doesn't bode well for our efforts to stamp them out. You ask Lorik, why hasn't sought help from the border ranger outpost at Windless Lodge? Slightly more than a day's wide to the north and east, he immediately dismisses the notion. I am the sworn protector of this town, he says, his tone almost confrontational. 
We must take care of our own problems in Dragonwrath. And it must be known. Certainly isn't great. Isn't a great, great secret. I prefer to avoid the ever-reaching presence of higher authority. Be that of Master, that's the King, or Puppet, the Thanes. Hmm, yes, 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 yes. Yes, yes, he's all, he's, he seems to be just total control of this town, more or less. And even in some arbitrary ways, like banning people from drinking. Which if you're mining all day, you probably need to do. You're taken, you're taken aback where Lorik suddenly asks if you'll be interested in tackling the bandit problem that has been plaguing the silver shipments. Before he can answer, he tells you that his brother Denuric has sent word to a renowned adventurer who has yet to respond to the request. You did tell me you're an adventurer, and as I've said, refer not to evolve any official help in solving this he says a mercenary if you pardon the term is quite along the lines of what we're looking for Lorik studies you for a moment of course anyone who took care of this problem for us would be justly rewarded offer to take care of the bandit problem Lorik nods and meets you in a shoulder cross when you offer to take care of the bandit problem he tells you to meet his brother Denuric. Denuric has discovered where they camped out, he says. My brother may be partial to this other adventurer he's attempted to hire, but let him know you're on the job. The sooner we clear up clear up this trouble, the better. You bid farewell to Lorik, telling him that you will meet with Denuric and begin working towards the end of Dragonwrath's bandit dilemma. Please note, to begin the task you just accepted, look for the adventure titled Deadman, Deadman's Dark by selecting Adventures for this Location option in Cinder's Hall. And here it is, Deadman's Dark. Your mission, to remove the bandit threat that's been plaguing Dragonwrath's silver shipments, leads you to the Forbidding Mouth. Deadman's Dark. But we're at nearly 50 minutes, so that will be for next time. And until then, farewell, fellow adventurers. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.